This is an ABC podcast. Are you ready? Uh-huh. <laughs> I find such comfort in the sound of you tapping on your keyboard. No. I don't know why, but it just grounds me. Yeah. It's like the sound of, you remember when you are a little kid and the sound of high heels on the Kmart lino? Yes. That just comforts me as yes. well. You tapping comforts me. Busy, <laughs> busy. Love it. On. Hello, Miff. Hello, Zan. Nice to see you. Great to see you too. Happy NAIDOC week. Happy NAIDOC week. I am on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the East Kulin Nation today, mm-hmm. and I pay my respects to Elders past and present and acknowledge the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as the first Australians and traditional custodians of the land where we all live, work and learn. Yeah, love that. And I'm currently on the land of the Yuggera and Turbul people, and I'd like to pay my respect to Elders past and present too. We're going to be banging on about some good NADOC goodies later on this morning, but it's been a couple of weeks. And can I just say and acknowledge that we do realise we were supposed to, we promised you we'd be here for bang on last week, but I got the schedule for the ABC 90 Celebrate. And as I am fast learning, TV takes a lot longer than anything to do with audio. It was just wall to wall. I literally couldn't step away to do bang on. I was just doing all kinds of rehearsals wardrobe fittings, the whole bit. So, so sorry we couldn't be Too there. hectic. TV does take a long time and I, I'm not sure people realise that. I think you just turn up and perhaps, you know, do your bit and off you go. It's just that three hours, but it's like, it was two days for you. It was two days where you were stuck in the studio, essentially, just going yeah. through bits, sorting out camera angles, sorting out guests. Like there's so much work that, that goes into making a production like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it's kind of one of the reasons why I... I love and hate television. It is, it's, it takes so long to do anything. Like, I don't know if you saw the Who Do You Think You Are that I did. Like, that was two weeks and there was, and it was such a beautiful, pleasurable experience and the crew were just magnificent. But there were so many shots of me just walking <laughs> and looking out pensively over yes. a mountain. And, but like, you'd see, you only saw a couple of those shots, but like, I reckon I did 400 of those. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, and then there's shots of dry, and it all looks amazing in the end, but the time it takes, it's, it's, yeah, I think people would be astounded by the time it takes. People who work in television have a lot of patience, yeah. and I admire them for it because I don't. I always feel guilty whenever I screw up a take and then I'm like, there's, it's so different to radio where it's you and maybe another producer, yeah. but in television there's 50 people who are like, all right, let's reset. Um, but we did have fun together. We were on screen yeah. for ABC 90 last week. Did did Bang Fam get my nod? Because I went a bit off script. You did. When I got you the and nod. I, I Oh, good. And loved I sort of it. gave a little shout out to Music Art Life and stuff. <laughs> that was my little wink to Bang Fam. So hopefully you, um, you got that nod when we were on screen together, my little Easter egg. It was so yeah. fun celebrating ABC 90 with you, Bum my side. Yeah, it was awesome. It was lovely to be there. I wasn't expecting to be there, but it was just really nice to be included. And I, I think to, to look back and, and and think about the impact that a lot of those programs have had on us. And mm. I, I do think a lot of the time when you make television and radio and all the things that the ABC does, it's you're in it. So it's hard to remember the impact. But I, uh, looking at shows like The Big Gig, yeah, that was a comedy show where, where I was growing up in the 80s, it was a real lifeline for me uh, watching that show and I think quite an inspiration as well. And, um, yeah, having the opportunity to be reminded of that was really lovely. 
I think there's a lot of shows that we all forgot about. And as I said a couple of times on the night, you know, we, we just realised through watching this that the ABC raised us all, no matter what background you're from, mm. no matter what age you are. It isn't just, I think, that when people think about celebrating the ABC, it's like play school and rage and countdown, but there's so many other little moments through our life mm. where it's guided us. And, um, yeah, it was a real honour for me to be able to be to be a part of that. And also I was absolutely shit scared that Benita from Play School was in the front row the whole time. <laughs> she was the first person I saw and I was just like, I was like, look beyond her. Oh, my God. She's so, oh, just, but just having her there too is also like terrifying but extremely calming as well. It's so true, true. Yeah, totally yeah. Totally true. And, um, and John Waters too. Oh, like just. Still a dish. Yeah, I think I waved at him like because <laughs> I had a um, I love him, but I had a, a next door neighbour to my nana who for her had a photo of him in a frame on her, you know, like he'd pop over there for I don't know some sweet treats or something when you go to visit nan, and she had in a frame a picture of him, and she always used to tell me that was her son, and it wasn't. <laughs> I remember that thinking that's wild. <laughs> And I just, but then I, now that I'm older, I just kind of realised that she enjoyed looking at a picture of John Waters on a daily basis and thinking that he was part of her crew. Because why wouldn't you? And who are we to shame her for that? It's like, seriously, I totally get that. Yeah. The other thing that you've been very busy doing over the last couple of weeks slash few months is yes. that, I don't know if we've talked about this on Bang On, I think but we have. you're writing a book. I know, and I'm on deadline. Like tomorrow I have to get it all in, like the oh, edits God. and everything. Oh, it's horrific. I, look, I can't say I've enjoyed the experience. And I don't I'm not think sure. anyone who ever writes a book does. <laughs> and I'm not even sure if it's any good at this point. Like it's, you know, you're so far in it. I, I don't know if there's anything in it for anyone. I'm reading it going, does anyone care? Is anyone interested about childhood me? I don't, I just don't know. But I'm sure in the end when I'm, I've got a bit of distance from it, um, it'll be fine. But at the moment I'm like, oh, dear. Is this good? But I, I know Bang Fam will understand and I know you understand. It It will be fine, but I'm at that point where I'm just a little bit, um, yeah, not sure. Anybody who's <laughs> listened to Bang On for more than five minutes knows that you are able to bring up a wild story at the drop of the hat. I'll be reading that book. I am keen oh, as mustard on the Miff Warhurst memoir. When is it going to come out? It's coming out. Hang on. I've got the dates here. Well, Miff Googles. Book launch? No, I'm just going into my into my calendar. <laughs> I've only just had these dates. It's really soon. Hang on, where is it? It is Wednesday, the twenty eighth of September. Oh my god, that's like a couple yeah. of months away. I know. That's why it's a little bit stressy because I think they've just gone. Oh yeah, you can get it done, and 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 I I, I can get it done. But that's yeah. what deadlines are for—to literally put a fire <laughs> under you and see know, if you get it I done. Know. I just I just feel like other writers probably are a little bit more organised than me and wouldn't be wouldn't be just sweating to the line. But I it's, have it's never coming. met any other writer, and I've had a lot of friends write memoirs and do other yep. books. Ne- not one of them has been at this point where they've been like, oh yeah, on time. Everyone asks for <laughs> an extension. Everyone is pushing that deadline. No one enjoys these last couple of weeks but I know mm. it's going to be brilliant I'm so excited I don't know about brilliant but look it's 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 going to it's going to exist and I'm excited <laughs> I'm excited no I'm genuinely excited and and I, and the company that I'm doing it through are really excited and that's lovely and yeah I feel positive but right now I'm like oh god what have I done this is real it's terrifying it's one of the most terrifying things I think I've ever done 
Yeah, I bet. It is freaky putting yourself out there, sharing your story. Uh, late but then September. I know that, like, you know, I don't remember people's memoirs and I'm not critical of their, like, I remember bits, but I'm not critical of their writing or, like, it's not, I just enjoy them. So they're I not going to buy a book because they hate you. No, totally. They? No, exactly. No, you'd hope not. <laughs> hate, hate read me <laughs> hate for reading. her memoir. That's a lot of remember, time to um, hate read. Matt O'Kine once said, because he wrote a, a lovely memoir called Chicken and Chips, and mm. um, which I read and loved, and and he said something at a writers' festival, I think, once, where he wasn't claiming to be a great writer, but he said, you know what, not everyone wants fine dining when they read. Sometimes people just want fish and chips, and that's yep. fine. And I think that if we stopped... I think he was doing like a, a kind of um, speech to emerging writers because we all get sort of if you if you've ever tried to write something you get paralysed by fear and and self edit mm. and you're thinking the whole time you know especially when it's something so personal as a memoir what are people going to think of me is this good enough all of those sort of fears um, but he sort of stripped that away and just went you know what it doesn't have to be the greatest literary tome that was ever penned it can just be a good yarn and it can be fish and chips that's fine yeah. and I love that it just took it down a level it's like it's fine it can just be a good quick holiday read or it can be brilliant or it can be somewhere in between but just the act of writing it and doing it um, is a great achievement so I applaud you I wish Thank you well you, on this last day of deadline and I can't <laughs> wait to read it Thank you, Sam. I know you all understand. I won't be this uh, traumatised when it comes out. I think I'll be. there'll be a bit of distance between it and it'll be fine. But Bang Fam, get behind me, please. I need you. <laughs> <laughs> the Bang Army, assemble. Uh, last time we spoke, I was in Nashville, Tennessee a couple of weeks ago. I'm now back in Australia, obviously. I know. But... Welcome home. How did Thank it all go? Are we allowed to talk about it or do you want to keep that um, in, I guess, in the secret can until it, it's out on telly? I won't reveal who we spoke to, but I will tell you that both the chats I had in LA and Nashville were brilliant. Um, they were really different, but both had a a very close connection in terms of the conversations that I had with each each guest. It just yep. um, something about you know the take five. It just it takes you in a different realm to other interviews, and I got that out of both of my guests. Um, and they were both beautiful and hung around and wanted to chat afterwards, which was really lovely. It's a good sign. There was hugs and stuff. So Aww. it's like, okay, I know that they didn't hate it if they're hugging me goodbye. Yeah. That's a good sign. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was fantastic and, and, and amazing to be back in Nashville again, as I kind of mentioned a couple of weeks ago. But the, the day of the last shoot, the very final shoot, um, where we were on location at Third Man Records, which is Jack White's record label in, in Nashville, about an hour before we were due to shoot the final interview, the news came through that Roe v. Wade had been overturned. And this is the, in case you missed what Roe v. Wade was or is, um, this is the ruling that affirmed the constitutional right to an abortion. And the Supreme Court has overturned that, which means that a whole bunch of US states, many of which have these things called trigger ban laws, where basically as soon as it is overturned, which is something that many conservatives have been fighting for for a long time that enables these states to ban abortion within 30 days and Tennessee is one of those states so Nashville is a blue city a democratic city in a red state mm. and on July the 24th um, people are expecting that abortion will be completely illegal in Tennessee at the moment it's actually uh, illegal to abort after six weeks or when a heartbeat is first detected, but they're expecting that Tennessee will comp- make it completely illegal to abort at, at any stage. And it was really, I, you know, the, the Roe v. Wade overturning now has happened a couple of weeks ago and I don't want to dwell too much on it because 
At base level, I actually don't know what to say because this has been a change through the courts and I think a lot of people are like, fuck, what what happens now? Yeah. But being in Tennessee the day of was really eerie and really devastating. There's a number of women in the office of third man that had to go home. They were so upset. Yeah. And so shocked. Even though you knew it was coming, it's like, oh my God, it, it's this like is anything. Real. You know, it's real. It's happening. And these well, the signals, erosion of rights. The erosion of rights, exactly. Is is for 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 people who deserve those rights, i.e. women, abortion is healthcare. I'll just put it simply. Um yeah. yeah, it's devastating. Utterly devastating. It's a really strange and awful time in America right now. I've been there so many times over the years. I used to live there. I've probably visited 20 times. It feels in many ways like a second home to me because I've just been connected to it in so many different ways. Mm. But having these conversations, I was really happy to come home. And it also having those conversations with people after the shoot where we just were all sort of reflecting on it because a lot of the crew hadn't seen that come through I'd seen it and then I just went okay shit that's just happened and then I had to go in and do this interview and so afterwards we were kind of debriefing once the shoot had done we're all packing down and and Chloe who worked at the um, at third man was kind of the office manager she was asking what the conversations around abortion were in Australia and we're just sort of like we don't have them to the same degree I know that there's issues and there's different laws in different states but and a lot of stuff is unnecessarily politicised in Australia, but not reproductive health. That is not something that's been politicised and become this political football in the way that it has with the conservative um, and Bible Belt in the States. And just even that, like standing on the other side of the world and having that conversation, and they're just like, oh, my God, I can't believe there's a world where this, where our bodies and our rights are not a conversation that is happening largely in the rooms of of men making mm. these decisions, and it does, you know, it does feel like, you know, the rise of Gilead, all of that shit. So it's just very strange, and America at the moment is just a little bit cooked. Shout out to yeah. Bang Fam in America. I know it's yeah. tough. I know that it's a very, it's a very diverse and complex and amazing place, but there's also a lot of really dark stuff happening in America right now, um, and I felt grateful to be coming home. I told yeah, you that. and see to see Norman. Oh my god! I've just been <laughs> obsessively hugging him. I know, darling That's the boy. Hardest thing about being away, like I, you know, I always wanted to be away and do these fabulous things, but all I can I think never about want to is go on holidays pets. anymore. It's my pets. Like last <laughs> night, I got a bit teary just thinking about my dog who's not here with me and the cats. <laughs> I it's imagine hard. if we had children, we'd be useless. We'd never Absolutely go anywhere. Useless. Absolutely useless. Uh, in some good news, Rihanna, who we did speak about last year um, in becoming a billionaire, is now, according to the Forbes Rich List, the youngest female billionaire in the world at the age of 34. She is absolutely smashing it. Obviously, her cosmetics line is one of the big drivers of this. 34, youngest female billionaire in the world, an absolute legend, the richest female musician in the world. What a queen. Love yeah, it. Not much to say other than congratulations. <laughs> congratulations. You're number one. Uh, 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 you've been watching Drag Race, haven't you? Um, so much Drag Race. Uh, but it's interesting that she has got to this position, not necessarily because of her recording career, which is ex- extremely successful. It's more to do with the beauty line and it's a beauty line and a lingerie line that has been inclusive, has has been size inclusive, um, 
and all sorts of things. Um, so, yeah, she's she's done it her own way and I think that's what makes this worth celebrating. Yeah, and Kim Kardashian is the second on the list in terms of the youngest female billionaires, um, not someone who I would say is a self-made billionaire, but same deal, like her, her you know, shapewear and um, lingerie line and her, her skincare is what's mm. driven her, her, her value to $1.8 billion. Um, mm. So look out, world. Miff and Zan's 19-step skincare regime <laughs> is coming your way. Yeah, I'm not here for that 10-step skincare re- routine. That's just, it's just annoying and it's a con and everybody knows that it doesn't really matter. Your skin also doesn't need all that business going just on Just slap on some ponds on. Just some totally. ponds on before bed and you'll be fine. <laughs> yep, yep. It's a dated reference for you. That was. Hey, that was other- oh, no, hang on. That was, that was from your, your mother in the 70s. I love that. Or 50s even, the Pons, Pons cream. You know, my grandma used to sell Avon. She was an Avon Did lady. She? Remember Avon? <gasps> I remember. They used to like the Amway doors. of the cosmetics world. So we oh. always, always used to get Avon for Christmas. Lots of lavender scented things. <laughs> and you get those little tiny lipsticks. Do you remember yes, the testers? Yes. They were gorgeous. Oh that was all God, you needed. The testers. I loved them. <laughs> so good. I know. How's that for a warm, nostalgic blanket? <laughs> An Avon tester list lipstick has sent us. Millennials are just going, what the fuck are they are talking, you talking about? about? <laughs> they were tiny little lipsticks, little white ones, and they were so cute. But like for a little kid, it was like it was like having a lipstick lollipop. Like it was, you could. Yeah, it was great. A lot of great things to watch at the moment, Miff. I have been spending a lot of time in front of screens while on long-haul flights and stuff, and I'll get to that in just a moment. Mm. But I'm so excited that one of the shows that you put me onto all the way back in Season 1 is back. Only Murders in the Building Season 2 has just kicked off. Have you watched any of it yet? No, no, because I'm not at home and I haven't got that. I don't think I've got – what's it on? Um, Disney Plus? Disney Plus, yeah. I haven't got that on my phone. So, you know, too lazy to download it. Wait till I get home. (laughs) You want to watch it on the big screen, though, because it's so lush. And, of course, those beautiful New York apartments, but also just some of the the best TV writing around and some extra characters. Cara Delevingne is popping up. And Amy Schumer, too. I don't want to spoil it about what characters they play, but, um, oh, yeah, and surprise Shirley MacLaine also making an entrance. Yeah. Goodness, is she is she talking to dead dogs? Because um, she is a, an, an animal psychic. Are you serious? I think like so. Like in real life, she's yeah. an animal psychic. I think she is. Hang on, I could just she could just be a psychic, but <laughs> surely if you're a psychic, you can read animals' minds as well as humans. I think you can. Hang on, Shirley MacLaine, animal, P.S. psychic. Um. No, but she's a psychic. Okay, there you go. That makes sense. Her character, I think, could definitely lean into some psychic vibes in Only Murders in the Building. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. That's great. Some great characters in that. I look forward to watching that one. And the zingers from Martin Short, worth the price of admission alone. So good worth. to have them back. Also, can I give you a shout-out for putting me on to The Gilded Age, mm. which is now screening on Qantas in Flight Entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> and you've been on planes for a lot, so you've seen it. And... 
uh, do you agree it is exactly like Downton Abbey with even almost exactly the same characters, but it doesn't matter a jot because you just want to fill that Downton Abbey-shaped hole in your heart? Absolutely. I don't care that it's a carbon copy and mm. the costuming alone is mm. just so stunning. I watched almost all of it across various flights and then I had three more episodes to go and I thought it was on binge, but it's actually on Paramount Plus. So I finally did the free trial <laughs> to see the final <laughs> three episodes. Already cancelled. Don't need another streaming service. Um, yep. But if you are looking for it and you're not on a flight anytime soon, uh, it's on Paramount Plus. Good to see as well that the season two of that has been um, renewed for a second season um, earlier this year. So there'll be another season. But I bloody loved it. I bloody oh, loved good. it. Oh, good. Good. And your hostie loved it too. On the flight. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That's what I told you. It was so funny. So I'm on the flight home from Dallas to Sydney and, you know, the hosties would come along and I had my headphones on and they're noise-cancelling headphones. So they would, you know, if they were sort of coming to bring food or whatever, they'd just come and, like, press the button and press pause. So this guy comes up and he presses pause and I'm like, oh, is he, you know, asking me if I want a drink or something like that? And um, I take my headphones off and he's like, oh, my God, are you watching The Gilded Age? I am obsessed. And then he just <laughs> talking to me about it, the costuming, how much he loves Bertha, just going on and on, not asking me if I want any sort of services, just wanted to just have a good deep chat about the Gilded Age and I was here for it. I loved it. Absolutely. Bring that on. I love that. So, so good. The internet's also been going wild about the Barbie movie in the last couple of weeks. Oh, my God, the images coming through. So good. Look, I have a love-hate relationship with Barbie, obviously, for many reasons. It's only Mm. until recently that Barbie's worked out that... She's not really a reflection of the world and that it had to update and, and all of those things. And, you know, the idea of, of, of giving girls, young girls, dolls like that, that we grew up with, it was, I don't think it was quite right, but we still loved Barbie. Everyone loved having a Barbie, at least to had one Barbie, I would suggest, even yeah. if you cut her hair like I did with mine and ruined her. <laughs> Realise um, it doesn't grow back. <laughs> exactly. And my kissing Barbie, though, she could still kiss. She had a button on her back and she... That, I don't even. I, it, That's bizarre. kind of messed up, isn't it? That's <laughs> really messed up. Press um, a button and Barbie gives a kiss. Yeah. Just try not to psychoanalyze that one too deeply. <laughs> no, no. But the Barbie movie is being made at the moment. We've got Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie in the lead roles. And look, again, I'm like, oh gosh, this is so blonde and white. And I'm a little bothered by that. But I'm hoping because it's directed by Greta Gerwig, that it perhaps might have lots of different layers that give it a bit more depth and it'll be be a little bit more than just a a white Barbie frenzy. And I think it will because, um, I mean, she does really interesting things and the photos look amazing too. Um, The costumes that I've seen so far have been Ryan and Margot wearing what looks to be, do you remember Hot Skate and Barbie? Yes. The outfit on Hot Skate and Barbie, that's what they're wearing. <laughs> and it looks amazing. It's fluorescent. And so pink fluorescent. And yellow. And they're terrifyingly blonde. Like, I feel like there's got to be a reason for that. I know, I know that Barbie was always terrifyingly blonde, but Ken is blonde. And Ken was always dark. Yeah, he was more of a medium brown, he a, was chestnut a, brown a chestnut brown. He was a kind of guy. Yeah, he yeah. wasn't He wasn't this white blonde guy as far as I can remember. But, like, I'm just wondering if there will be, like, a moment in the movie where they'll have a hot sex scene and he pulls down his pants and he's just got a plastic <laughs> 
I mean, surely. An indescribable mound. What's going on down there? But the best thing about And where are your nipples, Barbie? Yeah, totally, totally. And your waist, you'd topple over if you had no, if you had a waist that tiny, you would literally break. Um, But anyway, Margot Robbie, she looks amazing, of course. The memes are great, though, that are coming out once people have seen these pictures. People are losing their mind. And I think one of my favourite ones has been uh, just people posting pictures of, say, the cast of Sopranos um, and just written on it, five tickets to the Barbie film, please. (laughs) (laughs) And then they've got someone's posted a picture of Kel Kel and Kath Day Night. Oh, yeah. And the new Barbie film looks great. <laughs> but I've also seen pics of, of Britney on the beach. So I think she's, Britney Spears, is in the movie oh, okay. as well. She's playing, a, you know, the surfy Barbie, as far as I can gather. So okay. th- I think it's going to be hopefully a lot more interesting than, than the photographs present and a little well, bit less less white and blonde than the photographs present. But it still looks like a hoot. Yeah, well, I did a little bit of digging around and apparently there's not going to be, you know how there's like multiple Barbies, different kinds of Barbies. There will be in the film as well. Mm. Issa Rae has been cast in the film alongside some other um, actors of culturally diverse backgrounds. I think that that worry that you're having is going to be met. And Greta Gerwig, if you don't know who Greta Gerwig is, she's an amazing actor but also has directed two great films, Mm. Lady Bird and Little Women, where she gave a very feminist twist, particularly to Little Women, in the telling of that story. She's incredible, one of my favourite actors and directors. I have Mm. total faith that she's going to bring a very interesting Barbie story to the screens. We're not going to know, though, until this time next year because they're literally shooting it. And I think that such is the nature of, again, let's refer back to the idea of television that we just turn it on and it happens. They're filming it now. It's going to be out in a year's time. And everyone's like, I'm ready. Where where can I buy my tickets? Like, nah, this shit takes time. So this time next year, we'll be frothing on the Barbie movie. That's for sure. We will be. And and speaking of 80s throwbacks, Anne, you've you've seen Thor. Yeah, Thor, which opens today. Um, Love and Thunder, which I've been hanging out for. I've watched all the Thors, actually. This is the second Taika Waititi directed Thor. He did Ragnarok, which was very funny. That was very funny and cute. Yeah. I can't remember any of it, but it was cute and funny at the time. That's the thing. I just don't remember anything about these movies. I don't know. You've got to be a real nerd to get into that Marvel universe and connect all the dots, and I'm not that person. And I will say that out front of my very brief bang-on review. I don't know. I'm not inside that Marvel or DC universe. I don't know how they all interconnect. I just go along every now and then um, to see the the big films like Avengers Endgame and stuff like that that everyone's talking about. And I'll always see a Taika Waititi film. Mm. It is a bit silly, and you know what? I don't remember much of what happened, even though I saw it three days ago. Um, and it do- didn't pack the same punch as Ragnarok. And oh, maybe really? that's because I sort of, it was a, not a similar shtick, but, you know, the Taika sort of stuff, it was like expected. But I will say this, Christian Bale as the baddie is incredible. That guy does method acting and then mm. some. Um, Tessa Thompson, who I love, is very underused in this film, which is a shame. The main thing I wanted just to throw out there to the Bang fam and... I'm not going to play any of it because I don't think we're allowed to for one thing, but also I just want you to hear it for yourself if you go and see it and then let me know, maybe shoot us an email in the bang box. Russell Crowe as the god Zeus literally sounds like he's doing a bit out of fat pizza or wogs out of work. <laughs> like, I was just like, is this, can you do this now? Can you do can this? You, can you make fun of Greek accents in this way? I don't know. Like a specifically Greek bang fam, can you let me know? Because I was just like, whoa, okay. This happening? Oh my god! It was pretty wild. Um, oh my so, goodness! Yeah, look out for that. Russell Crowe as Zeus. 
or as a character from Fat Pizza. <laughs> it's really wild. Oh, I'm shooketh. Yeah. Wow. You won't find any of that online. I couldn't find it when I was trying to send it to you. It's just like you have to pay money to go and see it. So, But the, the soundtrack is very heavily Guns N' Roses, almost to the point where it's like, geez, they must be, you know, they've struck a good deal with Disney for, for this one or for Marvel mm. or whoever it is that owns it. Um, but it, it very much felt like there was this 80s renaissance through the look and the sound of the film, which kind of tips into the Barbie thing as well. That's very much tipping a cap to the 80s. And, of course, we've been talking for a few weeks about the um, bush naissance, the Kate Bush resurgence through Stranger Things. Apparently, Stranger Things is having an effect on fashion. Do we need the fashion little music yeah. there? Do we need the fashion intro? All right, let's, let's do it. it. And walking. <laughs> Have you seen online though? Just quickly, there's a gorgeous somebody uh, has done uh, basically fashion shows be like little video. Uh, it's going around and it's just someone coming out of a, like a shitty shed or something, wearing a chair, wearing a bench, but just walking like they're in a Balenciaga parade. Check that out if you get the chance. It's beautiful. Oh God. Literally, there was a Balenciaga parade today with a whole mm. bunch of um, Nicole famous Kidman, people. Nicole Kidman, Kim Kardashian, Lisa, Ju- yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, and I've already had a Models look. are like, dudes, you're taking our jobs. First you I take know. the covers and now you're taking the catwalks. I know. <laughs> and... Yeah, look, I've had a look, and, and there's a, f- a couple of genie little garbage bag outfits that I think, um, I don't know, someone said serving up uh, the the dogs just got back from the vet cone realness. Uh, in <laughs> oh, one yeah, of Naomi outfits. Campbell totally had the bucket. She yeah. totally had the bucket. Yeah. So, you anyway, know, a lot of joy in that one for, for everybody, but, yes, continue. Side bang on the fashion. But, yeah, do you see this, this 80s fashion resurgence? Apparently there's, um, you know, there's, there's been a real comeback in the face of Stranger Things and the popularity of it. Yeah, I'm not surprised because it's young kids finding it for the first time. It's not us, um, but I'm very happy to be re-embracing a lot of these trends. But it's for younger kids that haven't gone through that already. There's already been an 80s resurgence. I think, I think we had it. It's probably been and a we've few. Been, having it a couple of times, but this this will be real now because the kids have found it, the really mm. little ones, and they're watching Stranger Things because, goodness me, I can't find many people of my age who are watching Stranger Things because we're all absolute sooks and can't handle scary stuff. Too um, scared. Too scared. Life's too, life's too scary anyway. I don't need to watch it on telly. Um, yeah, no, the resurgence of the mullet, which is yeah, pretty much if you play AFL football, you now sport a mullet. <laughs> Uh, yes. That is that is a given. But the, the leather jacket, the bomber jacket apparently is back. Uh, leggings, I'd say they never went away. Same with um, the bomber jacket, I'd argue, as well. Yeah, absolutely. But moustaches too. I, look, I'd say that's been around for ages, but the kids are going to get around. If they can grow their hair, they're going to get around in a moustache, which I absolutely endorse, 100%. Love it. Love a moustache. Anything that reminds me of Tom Selleck in, in Magnum P.I. is excellent. <laughs> Things like ripped jeans, spandex, this list that, that you pointed me to that has come out from Stranger Things, flared jeans, leg warmers, animal print. I mean, this is essentially just my wardrobe. So, leg warmers I celebrate. I want to see the, the, the return of the leg warmers at large. Like, do you really rock a leg warmer? I know that you vibe on the animal print and the spandex, but leg warmers, yeah. have I seen that lately on me for No, no, but I think the Barbie film will bring that back with a vengeance. Just wondering, though, if the stirrup pant... We'll come back with the leg warmers because you had to have a stirrup pant, which basically put a sort of it was like a stirrup from a horse's saddle under your your the arch of the the sort of 
that bit in your foot, what's that? That's not the arch, is it? Is or is it? I don't it's the know. plantar fascia. That's where yeah. I know. But that's, that's, that's speaking more to my, <laughs> my needs and my osteopath than anything else, isn't it? <laughs> I know. Well, anyway, the stirrup pad. The arch. It's that. the arch. It is the arch. And so then you could put your leg warmers on and they wouldn't move around. So, um, yeah, the Barbie film will be bringing the leg, leg warmer back with a vengeance, I think. And you've got to pair to all of that, that whole look, the stirrup pant, the leg warmer, with a white Reebok. That is law as well. Mm-hmm. It's got to finish off with a white Reebok. Yeah. I'm here for it. I'm absolutely here for it. This article was interesting because, again, we talk a lot about nostalgia and why we're sort of drawn back to that. And um, the other thing that they sort of spoke about was the sharp silhouettes of 1980s women's workwear, Mm. which may speak to a desire to take control. See Roe v. Wade. Um, given mm. the uncertainty and the restrictions that have characterised the pandemic but also the times. I, I thought that was interesting, the way that fashion can reflect, you know, that 80s power dressing with the shoulder pads and stuff. It can reflect what we sort of aspire to. And I mm. did when we were in Nashville on this shoot. Um, there's some amazing vintage shopping to be had in Nashville and I bought a couple of outfits and I'm realising they were both 80s outfits with massive power shoulder pads. So maybe I'm being drawn back into this world as well. You are. But also think about what era that came from too in America. It it was the Reagan era Mm. and and we, we talked about that with Top Gun just a couple yeah. of weeks ago. Another 80s throwback. Yeah, and and it was it was a return to conservatism. It was a return to all of those things. And and think about the movies, though, that were being made, like 9 to 5, which was about subverting the dominant paradigm of, of men being bosses and women having no power. So the power shoulder and, and the strong woman came to the fore in things like popular culture, movie and music. We had artists mm. like Madonna who was you know, incredibly powerful within that musical environment. So I think, yeah, we're seeing a repeat of not just fashion but but a a popular culture repeat and also I think a return to conservatism has also inspired this need to to show ourselves and, and to show our strength through not just what we do but also what we wear and not be afraid of it and and I I say yay to that. Hey, Miff, before we get into what we're banging on about this week, I just wanted to give a little shout-out specifically to our South Australian Bang Fam. Oh, yes. Or Bang Fam who love a bit of wine time. Yep. This October we are bringing Bang On Live, yes, it's happening, <laughs> to the Barossa. And if this feels like deja vu, that's because, yes, this was supposed to happen last year, but pandemic um, so it's finally on again. It has shifted a complete year in advance. It's the last weekend of October and it's all part of this awesome, very fun time called the Grapes of Mirth Festival. Two days in wine country on a winery. Uh, we'll be on the Sunday, RIP us. Um, mm. I feel jealous of the people who are on the Saturday, to be honest. <laughs> um, but it's amazing. It's a hell of a lineup too. We're going to be there with some incredible people. I know. I'm shocked as to the the stature of people and the fact that on one of the flyers, our names are up there really big in front of, you know, incredible comedians who should well be way before us on the list. But, you know, maybe that was just for us. Top billing, babes. Top billing. Look, it's exciting. It's really exciting. And I had actually had a message from my friend Kate who lives in in Adelaide and she said, it's on slapper. So... Something to that effect. I can't quite remember. Actually, I'll check it out. It was very funny. I was like, oh, okay, yep, we're ready to go. Hang on, here it is. I'll find her. What did she write? Okay, slapper, we are on. (laughs) She'll be getting the bus from Adelaide to the Brossa. She'll be taking that ticket. 
I know. No, she'll be staying with us, Zan. You'll get to know her very well. Oh, look out. <laughs> look out. Uh, look, it is an amazing lineup. I'm really excited that we're going to be sharing that weekend with people like Judith Lucy, Tom Gleason, uh, Nate Valvo, Geraldine Hickey, Reese Nicholson, Kyron Wheatley. So many amazing people, podcasts, comedians. Melissa Leong is going to be doing a cook-off with Colin Lane. That's something that I want to be no a part way. of. Uh, all the details are in our show notes if you want to get along. It's going to be happening in the last weekend of October, Grapes of Mirth Festival, Bang On Live. It's going to be very, very fun. Cannot yeah, wait. Can't wait. We're, we're back. We're back. It we're back, baby. Um, what are you banging on about this week, Zan? Well, it is NADOC, and I wanted to give a shout-out about a fantastic show that was on the ABC earlier this week and is on iView now. We talked a bit about ABC 90 at the start of Bang On and there are a heap of shows across the ABC right now capturing the legacy of this amazing broadcaster over the last 90 years. But Looking Black is reflecting on specifically the history of Indigenous storytelling at the ABC and I thought it was a really excellent capture of just how we've shared stories and, and how the national broadcaster has changed over that period mm. um, in the way that it shares stories. It's also a really candid reflection, unsurprisingly, of the times that we got it completely wrong. You know, they didn't shy away from that. And there's some really incredible um, artists who have been involved in the telling of this. Leah Purcell, Deborah Mailman, um, Miriam Corowa from ABC News, really to- talking about the kind of history of First Nations storytelling on the ABC. And I, th- I think that with... These sort of things are the same way that we, when we talk about lists or any sort of like any sort of capture of a time and a, and a place or an organisation, um, they're great reminders. Just like ABC ninety celebrate was of of the shows that we grew up with, and sometimes the ones that we want to revisit, or some that we may have missed, you know, the first time around, and and that we want to dig into. Yeah. And it also felt like I think the best part of all, like it was a moment in, you know, a continuing song line, in, you know, a kind of check-in on a path that continues to get better. That was one of the sort of takeaways. It wasn't just about, oh, this is a good Indigenous story, this is a good First Nations story. It's like this is just a good story, this is mm. a good show, this is a good comedy show. So it feels like the ABC has gotten better and will continue to get better um, at sharing the stories from the oldest living continuous culture on earth. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and Looking Black was just really brilliantly put together. So if you've got an hour, highly recommend. I'll put it in the show notes. It's on iView, Looking Black. Really, really enjoyed it. Unreal. And on that note, um, I've been watching Big Mob Brekkie, which is on SBS all this oh, week. Yes. An eight week. And it, I just love it. Like I'm, I'm, I have to admit that that breakfast show format is just pretty tired. I, it's it doesn't doesn't really inspire me. It's it's more background on on most of the commercial networks. But when you watch Big Mob Brekkie, it's a whole bunch of faces you don't know and people who are funny and telling the stories that they deem important. But it was, it's just a completely different perspective and it's awesome. And watching the weather where they use traditional names for every area and you, you see how easy it is or how easy it could be and it's and the the crew are just damn funny. Like, it's funny and it's it's only on this week so you probably won't get a chance to see it beyond if unless you're, you're watching tomorrow and this our podcast will come out today. I did actually check. It's on, it's on SB On Demand as well so you can catch yeah, up on that. Yeah, that's what I was I think they've say. actually you got the whole up. series, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can catch up and it's just worth it just to, I don't know, it, it breathes life into such a tired format and, I, and a whole bunch of faces that you may or may not know already but... That's great too. Like I just realised how bored I am with all the old formats. <laughs> Taking something and flipping it, making it new. I love it. Yep. Yeah, it's great. Um, 
But I thought I'd also bang on about uh, the J-Lo doco, which Oh, my God, is, is this the one on Netflix? The one on Netflix, and it's called Half Time. And, look, I have to say, go into this with, with open eyes. She's made this herself. So it's a little oh. bit like that Beyonce documentary that came out. And the Taylor Swift in, one. In like, was it like 2012 or 13? Yeah, that can be a bit... They're always going to be a bit positive towards the artist in a yeah. way and only really showing what they want to show. But I think what it pointed out to me is the lack of respect that J-Lo has faced throughout her years, um, the way she was a punchline as an actor for many, many years, the way her private life was overshadowing anything that she was doing, the way, and yet here she was having selling millions of records. Here she was. She acted in over 40 movies. Here she was, you know, getting bums on seats and yet never got the accolades, only recently thought she might be up for an Oscar nomination for her role in Hustlers where she was brilliant. Mm. Um, and, you know, you sort of it, it posits her as a bit of an underdog in which when you go, well, yeah, when you've done 40 movies, though, you're not failing, so I'm not sure I'd buy that. <laughs> but the way that she was treated by the general public and the media, yes, um, I think it was it was deeply disrespectful and it, and it works towards her halftime performance, which is um, at the Super Bowl, which is the pinnacle of her career. But even then, as a Latina artist, she was paired up with Shakira and it was, frankly, I think for the both of them, slightly offensive because it was assumed that a Latina artist couldn't carry it on their own and it's mm. the first time that artists have been paired together for the mm. Super Bowl performance. So, yeah, there's lots there's lots going on but it's a bit inspiring. It's like, yes, you can do it, J-Lo, even though, oh, no, she's just doing it anyway and <laughs> she's amazing. <laughs> Music on screen I'm always here for. That's a great mm. one. I, I saw that coming up a few weeks ago but I haven't gotten a, around to watching it so I will definitely dig into that. I know that we've banged on about a lot this week but it's because I haven't seen you um, and we haven't seen the Bang fan for a couple of weeks know, so there's a lot in my head. But can I just give out- another little side bang? a little quickly before we go on that music on screen tip as I was flying out of Nashville I put on a Dolly Parton doco because it just felt right that's on Netflix it's called Here I Am and it is beautiful I have no doubt that it was produced by Dolly Parton of course it was Um, and uh, but it is just so fantastic and again like speaking to you know the the world that she came up in a world dominated by men with expectations how she was always ahead of the joke all the stuff we've talked about about Dolly if you're craving a bit of Dolly Parton and you want to watch a lovely little Netflix doco on mm. her here I am highly recommend pour yourself a cup of ambition <laughs> and off you go and and I think I can say that about JLo too yeah inspiring yeah. women i love it as you are as well will oh, i see you, you in are. the flesh next week yeah i think so will we so. be touching each other i think so we're allowed to touch now. Sounded creepy, didn't it? Will we no, be touching each other? I want to be touched by you. <laughs> yeah, me That's too. Okay, I consent. <laughs> <laughs> and what a way to end! I'll see you next week. I'll see ya. Love you. Bye. Love you too. Bye. Bang. 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 Bang.